Welcome back. Another brand new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Noah, a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Find us and many more fantastic fantasy podcasts at FullTimeFantasy.com, on Twitter, at FullTimeFantasy. And, of course, you want to follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, not .gom, but .com, and AsylumFootball, AsylumFantasySports.com on the interwebs. That's right. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show. Welcome to the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Like Rick said, you can find us anywhere. I don't care what mode you prefer. You can't I- hide from Full-Time Fantasy. <laughs> iHeartRadio, we're there, pal. iTunes, we're there. Spreaker, we're there. What is it? CastBox is even there. Um, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. You, you, you name yeah, it. do it. You can't but, hide from your boys. But for God's sakes, get on there, listen to us, give us a rating. Something. Comments. It doesn't matter where. You just give us a five star rating and then bashes with the comments. But give yeah. us a, give us a good rating, the thumbs up, all that kind of good stuff. Then, then you can bash us. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. But uh, and, and do this: subscribe, then unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Let's keep those yeah, subscriber can, yeah, numbers up. Yeah, we can keep doing up. that. Keep doing that. And hey, listen, draft season's coming up, right? Right. So you can keep drafting with Debbie from accounting if you want to and winning your $9.97 you know, off of easy money in your 10-team touchdown-only league. Or you could head over to FullTimeFantasy.com, check out all the FFWC season-long fantasy contests, beat the expert leagues, the free mock draft world championship, $35 starter leagues for you skinflints out there, and, of course, the $299 online championship and the Dynasty World Championships and the Fantasy Football World Championships in Las Vegas. Leave Debbie and accounting alone. Go out and play against some real competition and win you some real money, find all of that over at FullTimeFantasy.com. So, Rick, it's time to wrap up the series. Finally, two divisions left, and this here NFL in the NFC, we're going south. We're going to go west, young man, tell you everything you need to know. That's right. Hey, you know what? Summer's in full swing. You know, the 4th of July. I hope you had a good one there, Rick. And, uh, you know, I mean – People growing their gardens, mowing grass and everything. God, I hate mowing grass. I know. And, you know, I know you're not a vegetable kind of guy. You, you like meat and potatoes, basically. That's about corn. it. You're, you're I corn. I like corn. Okay. But I saw a very interesting fact oh, okay. about bell peppers. Bell peppers. Which ones are those? The Well, you know. The yellow ones? Peppers. Well, I mean, they're yellow, Oh, orange. just a regular yeah. pepper. All right. right. Okay. Um. Did you know that, in fact, I'm just going to start with uh, with this one sentence. There is no such thing as a green bell pepper variety. And why are they all green? Those are. I'm glad you asked oh, me, Rick. It's like we scripted this. <laughs> yes. Those are prematurely picked bell peppers of any variety, which means orange, red, yellow, even the purple kind. They're all green. You know, I have noticed if you let the green ones sit too long, they yeah. turn orange. Yeah. And I thought orange meant they were rotten. No. This actually means that they have um, absorbed all the nutrients and the sugars from the plant, and they're fully ripe, and they're much better for you. They're sweeter, and 
I didn't even know this. I thought that was a fascinating hmm. fact. I mean, there's no such thing as a green bell pepper variety. I, I was stunned. Might, fascinating might be a reach. I was stunned. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's jaw dropping. Well, you again, that might be a bit of an overstatement, but I thought it was interesting. Own. That's pretty cool. All right, so it seems like a pretty natural segue then, Rick, <laughs> right into the Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan is a pepper head, which we've known for years. All right. Yeah, he, he loves his bell peppers, especially the red ones. So. Okay, so he knew. So you're oh, yeah. implying that Matt Ryan knew about all this. Look, oh. here's a guy, second-leading fantasy score, scoring quarterback last year behind only that ridiculous year of Pat Mahomes. You're fine with Matt Ryan as your quarterback. And it amazes me that this guy gets passed over Year after year, oh, and always the tenth by a row. multitude of, of quarterbacks. Always the tenth quarterback taken. Yeah, absolutely, always. Don't understand. I end up I end up owning a lot of Matt Ryan because I wait so long on my quarterbacks. And he's big, you're better than fine with Matt Ryan. You're in good shape. You know what's interesting about this Falcons team, Rick? We talked about all these other divisions so far. So much upheaval, so much change. There ain't really nothing changed with the Atlanta Falcons. I think we can know just what to expect from everybody, right? I don't even know how much time we have to spend on this team. Well, really, the only one – there's a couple of interesting points. How much – I'm thinking Calvin Ridley takes over the second spot from Sanu. I think so, yeah. Okay, I – how much of a jump does, do you see Calvin Ridley taking? And conversely, how much of a setback do you see Muhammad Sanu taking? Because Sanu was always one of those kind of guys you like having on your roster. Throw him in in the bye week. He's going to yeah. have his three to five catches. Second or third flex kind of guy. I think Calvin Ridley, I'm going to own him as a wide receiver three. Does he have the potential to get to a low-end two, maybe? I mean, if he keeps putting up those types of touchdown numbers, it's hard to argue against him. You know, Sanu's still going to get his touches. Justin Hardy's still going to get his touches. I, yeah, Sanu's always been kind of an afterthought to me. He was just kind of a nice he luxury to have. Right, I yeah. think Calvin Ridley outperforms that if that means anything. Well, I don't know if that I helps mean, anybody if that I'm means th- anything. I guess more I guess more my question is, Ridley, how much more does he step up? How much more fantasy relevant is he now that he's really you know, carved out his spot now yeah, in the lineup? Top tier three. I guess, the top of the wide receiver threes, I think with a ceiling into the twos, you right. know, quite possibly. We have Julio Jones, we certainly know well, what we he's going to be. We know Julio Jones. Another big question for me is Devontae Freeman. See, that's where I don't have a question. That's where I am downright giddy. Yeah, you get the competition out of town, and you're down to competing with car- for carries with Ito Smith and Kenyon Barner. And then my boy from Pitt, who I hope makes the squad, uh, Quadri Olison, somebody I'll be rooting hard for. It's Devontae Freeman's show. This has got double-digit touchdowns written all over it. If he stays healthy, Devontae Freeman is going to be one of the biggest values for fantasy running backs this season. All over Freeman, I am. All over him. All, I mean, all word out. I mean, he looks like his old self. And – I mean, that's nothing but good things when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, He never was a huge 
uh, huge attempt guy. Um, probably what low twos. They had like two sixty-five and fifteen, two hundred twenty-seven attempts in sixteen, one hundred ninety-six and seventeen. But he's a mid-four average per carry, which I like. And he's a touchdown hawk, hawk. And yeah. lest you forget, Tevin Coleman gone. He is gone. Right, exactly. How much? You know, we saw Edo Smith get some carries last year. But and how Freeman much, can catch the football, too. Right. In his own right. And how much, you know, honestly, how much work does a Edo Smith take away from a Devontae Freeman versus what a Tevin Coleman did? I, I think it's not even close. I think, yeah, I, I point well taken. If Edo Smith – okay, Edo Smith is taking – work away from Tevin Coleman and we've talked about Tevin Coleman for years on this show never always the expectations but never the delivery kind of right. a, a Tavon Austin type of guy that's why I'm not buying any of this hype These, the, people are going bananas over him out in San Francisco look he's with Jarek McKinnon and, and Matt Breida yeah, it's out there. real crowd I wish he hadn't yeah. gone to San Francisco I wanted right. him to just go somewhere where he was going to compete for a big majority of the carries, and he didn't. No, exactly. But, no, I'm with you. Devontae Freeman should be high on your draft list. No question about that. Yeah, I mean, you, you look back to 2015, you know, you talk about, you know, Tevin Coleman getting a lot of the receptions when, when they were running together. I mean, you throw last year out, you know, well, Freeman sure. missed most of the year. Go back to 2015 where he had 265 carries, added 73 touchdowns onto it. Receptions. Oh, what I say. Touchdown. That would have been an awesome season. <laughs> That'd be a great I'd year. I'd like to watch that. 73 receptions, yes. 14 total touchdowns, 13 total touchdowns the, the year after that. 2017, you know, where he dipped below 200 carries, only 36 receptions, and only eight total TDs. You got Coleman out of town. I have no fear, no fear of Edo Smith. I think, you know, if he's healthy, I think Devontae Freeman looks more like the 23 maybe not 15, maybe the 2016 version of himself, you know, 225-plus carries, 50, 60 receptions. I don't think there's any question he has double-digit touchdowns. You look at what Tevin Coleman did in his stead. You look at the numbers they put up combined together. You know, it seems like, and we always talk about it every year, right, how, how few touchdowns Julio Jones scores. It seems like Julio Jones gets them down inside to five, and then they want him off the field as soon as possible, and they're going to turn around and hand it off four times. Freeman's a guy, you're not, it's not like you're getting him at a value, but I think a value for what he's going to produce, this is a guy got top ten potential written all over him. I think so, too. I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I'm looking at – uh, just just looking at, I mean, you talking about the Edo Smith. I mean, just head and shoulders. Uh, he played 14 games last year. He had zero, count them, zero 20-plus yard rushes. That's not very many. No. I mean, it's zero. Yeah, that's not a lot. No. I I'm mean, not a math major. But, <laughs> but, you, but if you go back to Devontae Freeman – you know, excluding last year, of course, he had um, six 20-plus runs in 15. He had seven in 16, and he had five in 17, and he averaged four point, say about 4.6 yards a carry as a point, as opposed to Edo Smith's three something. Right. So I mean, it's just so much 
they're not going to, he's not going to take time away from no, Devontae no. Freeman. S- simple as that. Yeah, I'm rooting for Quadriolis and my guy. My, There's my, your guy. My Pitt Panther. I'm hoping he makes a squad and finds the end zone a couple times. But look, like, this is a high scoring offense. If if you're teetering between people, say like a, a Calvin Ridley or Oh, I don't know. I'm trying, okay, say like a D.D. Westbrook on, on Jacksonville, oh. who's ba- basically a wide receiver one on that team. Right. Go with the high-scoring offense, oh, all man. you young players out yeah. there. They're, you know, if they're scoring, <laughs> chances are your guy's going to get some of that. Right. And Austin Hooper, I think he's a, kind of the last piece to sort of talk about there, coming off a 70-catch season, you know, only four touchdowns. I'd have thought he'd have had better touchdown numbers. I was surprised to – to see it was that low and you know it seems to kind of be a consensus to sort of take that next step forward you know that I don't know but in what appears to from a fantasy standpoint to be a tight end starved type of season if he could just repeat 2018 Austin Hooper is a guy you're going to be targeting and you don't have to pay that Travis Kelsey Zach Ertz uh who am I who am I blanking on here Kittle. Kittle. Cut type of price tag on. You can wait four or five rounds, grab Austin Hooper, hope he gets it to 80 or 85. I don't know. If he's going to. That's the only key. But, but Would you be heartbroken if he went for 7,604 touches again? No. For what I, the price you're going to pay for him? I think you're him? fine. I mean, with Devontae Freeman there, I think that basically helps Hooper. I, I just Can't think. No. It, it's. Yeah, Atlanta. Is is back offensively, no doubt about that. I mean, this is this should be an interesting division. We talked about the AFC North last week. I think this one's going to be very interesting as well. Well, good luck ever predicting this one. It's always worst to first every single year, and but it doesn't matter worst. in fantasy oh, is what I'm talking about. Huge it's, numbers, it's, yeah. It's going to be great. All right, let's go up to uh, where I may or may not be actually right now, although we never pre-record shows. are always well, live. No. Let's go to Carolina, Rick, and talk about the Panthers. Look, Christian McCaffrey is a top three running back. Simple as that, especially in PPR. He's, he's you know could be the number one, no doubt about it. Questions to me, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. That is, yeah. I mean, we talked, you know, you just think a couple years ago, you had Calvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. And man, this is a whole new cast of characters for Cam Newton. I mean, he's going to be getting, um, uh, hopefully, Greg Olson back. Right. But how high or low are you on uh, these two guys, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel? Both very interesting, right? Both guys the draft Knicks love, just love, and kind of makes me naturally fade them a little bit just because you know how I think I made it pretty clear how I feel about that whole process. Look, like like what I saw out of them, you know, last season, you know, the potential to put up some numbers. But you said something pretty interesting when you talk about Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. These are two guys, kind of the sky's the limit type of guys. And I think Moore and Samuel sort of fit into that same category, right? It's something about Carolina. It's something about Cam Newton. It's something about the way they run their offense. I don't see a 100-yard, 100-catch guy you know, and say for bringing in an Antonio Brown, and even then you just wonder, 
I don't want to say this is a negative towards Cam Newton or towards the Carolina Panthers. That just isn't who they are, right? I think Moore's going to be I. I think he's a wide receiver three. Samuel kind of in that same boat. You know, most of this is going to – look, we talk about it all the time. Cam Newton's options, and that may flip now. Cam Newton's options now are McCaffrey, Newton, Olsen, Newton, then maybe one of the wide receivers, right? I mean, this is just this is who that's, they are. That's Cam Newton. You're right, and you know what? I um, it works. It it works as long as Cam Newton isn't banged up, destroyed, well, and, right. and that's the problem with a guy like Cam Newton. We talked about this for forever. Ben Roethlisberger the same way. Aaron Rodgers starting to find out a little bit now, getting knocked around. When you're that physical and take that many hits, you tend to get banged up. That being said, supposedly the shoulder's fine. Supposedly he's throwing fine. Your 100-catch guys are still McCaffrey and a healthy Olsen, even though he's 34. It's not these guys. I, I just I, – I don't think – tremendous talents. Would like to see either yeah. one of them, say, in Atlanta or New Orleans. And I think they could put up the numbers, you know, all these guys expect from them. I just don't see a scenario in this Carolina offense where these guys could elevate themselves even to a wide receiver two status. I think they're – what, Rick, 65 catch type of guys is right. probably the ceiling. I think for anybody, you know, not right. named Steve Smith in this Carolina offense. I, I agree 100%, Rick. And until Cam Newton decides that he trusts one, of, one or both these guys enough, they're not going to be real red zone targets either. It's going to be McCaffrey, it's going to be Newton, it's going to be Olsen, and it's going to be Newton. Right, yeah. And that's just the way it is with Carolina. And, look, I'm I'm on board with you. I, lo- I love D.J. Moore. Samuel, I like what I saw in him as well. But you're talking 65 to 70 maybe for more yeah. and probably 50 – 55, 50, yeah. 60 maybe for Samuel. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're talking about a team with a quarterback who likes to run and who should run because he's darn good at it, especially down around the goal line, with a running back who, you know, had 220 carries last year, caught 107 balls, and every report we have is he's better now, that he's bigger and he's stronger and he's faster. Yeah, and, you he's know, a $6 million man. I, yeah. It's it, it's amazing now. Sometimes I worry about that type of hype in a guy but that tells you who this team is right and they don't have Funches didn't work out like we can mock him and we can blame Funches but Benjamin didn't work out we can mock him and blame him there's a graveyard of high potential wide receivers that have come through there in the Cam Newton regime who have just never put up those numbers so it leads me to one of two conclusions either the Carolina Panthers are really bad at identifying wide receiver talent or Cam Newton in that offense don't utilize the wide receivers in the way most of the other league does, either one of those gives me caution as a fantasy owner. Look, I'd be happy to roster either of them, but I have no expectations from either of them, I guess is what I'm saying. I agree 100%. So last thing real quick, I know he's your boy, he's your he's your man. Let's Chris. go! It's Greg Olson, your boy. Let's say he's healthy. Let's say he plays 16 rather than nicked up what's the ceiling for him does he take does he take a slide bag if he's healthy or is this slide all tied to health oh i obviously i think a lot of it's tied to health but 
all that all that aside if if he's healthy um this guy's um he's all man i mean let's face it he stays in shape he lives to play football for the carolina panthers him and cam newton are tight hey let, let's face well, it they, cam trusts him. there's one, exactly. one guy in that offense he trusts exactly he's a team leader i still think a healthy greg olson is an 85 catch guy and maybe that's a slight tick down. I don't have his Would you know, last Would it surprise you years. if I told you if he caught 85 balls this year, it would be the most he's ever had in a season? Really? See, I thought he had a 100-catch year, year no, no, a couple no, years no. ago. So, so we can go back to it. His whole career, 39, 54, 60, 41, 45. I scrolled too far, 69, 73, 84, 77, 80, 17, 27. So, 70. I mean, I'll go 70. I think if he's healthy, I could see – I'd lean more 60, but I'm not going to sit here and scream over 10 receptions in a no, fictitious I mean, <laughs> scenario. But, yeah, I think that's where he lands. The touchdown numbers, 5-6. You know, he kind of averages about six for his career. I, right. If he's held – and look, again, back to what I said about Austin Hooper – this year in fantasy football, you'd be darn happy to take that if you could get 65 grabs and four touchdowns out of them. I agree. I mean, when you go back to uh, talking about him and Cam Newton, you look at those um, three years. I can't remember when Cam Newton was drafted. Do you remember? Oh, goodness. Uh, 2011, right? He was... Yeah, I think 2011. So they basically came to Carolina at the same time. And he has had – basically increased production every year, save for in injury. Right. The first year in Carolina, 500 – these are yards, 540, 843, 816, 1,008, 1,104, 1,073. So, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I missed a ball. He, he did have 84, 77, and 80 three years in a row catch-wise. So I can see him easily healthy at another 70-catch year. No problem if he's healthy. All right, let's head down, Rick, to Nolens. Boy, again, for as hard as the NFC East was to talk about outside of a couple of running backs, this, this South is almost harder because just every team is, wow, 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 oh, yeah. wow. All these just locked down, forget about it. I mean, you're talking you, Drew Brees still getting it done at 64 years old. Alvin Kamara, we know that there's – you know, one, two, or three, that's the conundrum I find myself in in a couple of drafts. Michael Thomas, boy, what he did last year and taking that step forward. So I think that the questions here with New Orleans, number one, Mark Ingram's gone. You know, does Latavius Murray have the value that an Ingram did? Did he get? The, does he get that amount of work? Does he? Is he that yeah. productive in it? Yes. It's it, forget. I know. What is it with you and Latavius Murray? Because he produces. I mean, look at him in in Minnesota. Um, he was basically well in Oakland. Of course, Oakland was a debacle, but he produced. He he was fine in Oakland, and then they went with um, Beast Mode, right? And he goes to Minnesota, and he basically out outperformed. The running backs there. Cook was hurt, of course. And 
he, he I, yeah, I mean, I'll have to pull his stats up. I don't even have them in front of me because I was getting ready to talk about Michael Thomas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how much is there to talk about with Michael? He's going to catch a hundred again. Okay, here we go. He just, he just, you know, your internet is just going crazy today for some reason here. But he had a thousand yard rushing year in 2015 with Oakland. Um, He's a meat and potatoes guy. Eight, over 800 yards with Minnesota. He played 16 games. He played missed 16 games last year. Um, look at his touchdown production the last three years, 12, 8, 6. I mean, I think he fits that mold of Mark Ingram. Probably. Yeah. Perfectly in New Orleans. Yeah. He's a hammer. He's already got Kamara. I mean, this, this is a big guy. And – you know, he, he's a great red zone guy. He can catch the ball if they have to. But, you know, he doesn't really have to, obviously, with Kamara there. But, I mean, he's been averaging well, – with Oakland, he averaged you know, probably close to 35 catches a year. And so, I mean, he if he has to, he can catch the football. And I think he has similar value with the Raiders as Ingram did. Or with the Saints. What did I say? The Raiders. Oh, yeah. Sorry. With with the Saints. I'd like to see Ingram with the Raiders. They need a running back as well. Maybe we can make that happen. I don't see, know. See Josh if you can Jacob, work that. He looking, you know. Yeah. So, so look, I agree. I, I think – and that's the model, right? That's what Sean Payton wants to do. And Kamara touches the ball so much, somebody has to get the ball 15, 20 times a game so he's not dead by Halloween, right? So, right. So, I, I agree with you. I think Murray puts up, you know, very Mark Ingram-like numbers. Um, you know, still haven't found a tight end. Jared Cook's interesting, right? He had some great games on a bad team last year with Oakland. I just don't know. We talk about a lot if you ever, you know, revisit that Jimmy Graham magic down there. It seems like you, you talked about that in our last episode where that was just the perfect quarterback, the perfect tight end, the perfect scheme, the perfect couple of years. Now, what I do think is you expect big touchdown numbers for Jared Cook. You know, I, I think you see that. I, you I, think? I, I do. I, I really do. Why? Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this. Aside from Jimmy Graham. Right. Where's the evidence that um, there's going to be a productive tight end in New Orleans? Because it's Jared Cook. Yeah. Who has a knack he for, had for catching touchdowns. that one good year. I'm I'm just, I'm not, I'm, look, the potential's there, obviously. Right. But it just seems to me, we talked about like that special player on one of the previous shows. It just seems like, and maybe Breeze will find trust in this guy and all of a sudden they click. I'm just not sold yet that he's going to walk in and be some sort of touchdown machine at, at tight end. Is, is like we've grown to expect from a Jimmy Graham type of thing. Yeah, In I fact, mean, we go back to last year. I listened to last, last week's show. You realize that we failed to even mention Jimmy Graham when we were, when we were talking about the Packers. Yeah, he's forgotten. Exactly. And I think, I don't know, I just don't see Jared Cook. He had that little niche in Oakland. I just, I'm just not expecting much let's put it that way he's heading the right direction in his career and he's in the right offense so i'll I'll say that you know that that's when you want to be in 
Yeah, I think the problem you run into in New Orleans is what Michael Thomas is doing. You got Alvin Kamara. He's, you know, inside the 10, all the different creative ways they get him the ball. There's always somebody, right? Somebody you hadn't heard of. There's nine big, oafy white guys you've never seen before or heard of who end up scoring at some point. Well, Ted Ginn, of course. Well, he's not a big, <laughs> oafy white guy. No, but. <laughs> but, you know, that becomes the interesting thing now when you look. You know, you're always trying to find that second receiver. There's got to be a second receiver. It's Drew Brees. It's New Orleans. You have Ted Ginn. Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Traquan Smith, you know, need I go on? You know, Rashard Matthews is there, you know, Cameron Meredith, who there's been a lot of rumblings that he, you know, this is a kid I was excited about, thought he was going to play a lot of rumblings. He may not make the team that they tend to like, you know, Smith and Kirkwood above him. So, you know, I don't think anyone ever breaks out. I think this is one of those weird situations where it's a high-powered offense where essentially it's going to run through two guys. It's going to run through Thomas. It's going to run through Kamara. Because generally exactly. generally in the NFL, somebody's able to pick up some scraps because NFL defenses can start taking some of this away. Ain't no indication anybody's taking Thomas or Kamara away. So that's going to be the bulk of it. And, you know, every we're going to roster all these guys, and they're all going to be essentially useless from a, a, a weekly fantasy perspective for me. I, I agree. Real and deep best balls. You know, give me all the Keith Kirkwood and Trey Smith you can give me. But, God, I, I don't want them in a week-to-week redraft type of scenario. No, I agree. And Drew Brees is certainly still a very safe quarterback pick on your fantasy squad, even though he is 110. Oh, and, and you heard it here. Um Jared Cook, I want no part of. I'm all over Jared Cook. That'll be that'll be our one disagreement. <laughs> he's been in the I'll year. He's been in the league what ten years? Has he been in that long? Since 2009. I'm going to read you his TD totals. All right. Zero, one, three, four, five, three, zero, one, two, six. I like the six. See, he's heading the right direction. You okay. made my argument for me. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just staying away from him. All right. Let's head down to Tampa, Rick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, that is – do we have to? Probably ought to at least briefly mention it. This is a uh, make-or-break year for Winston, don't you think? Well, it's got to be. Absolutely. Although with Blaine Gabbert behind you, I don't know how worried you have to be. <laughs> The the hype is Ronald Jones. Yeah, all over him. I still see Peyton Barber listed as the as the first string running back right, right now. My question is really, um, well, you want to piss the draft Knicks off? I just want to try to take a stab at who's listed at number three on the running back depth chart, if I could. All right, sure. Dare Ugin Bawali. Somebody's gonna be furious about that. Needless to say, I've never heard of Mr. Ugamawali, and I'm not familiar with his oeuvre, unfortunately. I'll admit that readily. That's true. I, I Look, I, I'm not sure what to – this This sure is a, a far cry from the Warwick Dunn-Mike Allstott days, aren't <laughs> isn't it? I mean, we're talking about Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. And no disrespect to either one of these guys, but, you know, I don't see Adrian Peterson numbers anywhere on this team. No. And – I'm just not, and I guess my point is, I'm not ready to jump on Ronald Jones as 
the full-time starter, let alone somebody I want full-time in my fantasy lineup right now. Right. I think Peyton Barber's going to get plenty of work this year. He, he always kind of did, right? Whoever that next guy the last few years for Tampa was always going to be, Peyton ended up cutting into his workload so much. And what what is the hype, Rick, going into 2019? Um, it's not really Winston. We've talked a lot about Jones leapfrogging over Barber. But the hype, of course, is Godwin and Howard. Right. Yeah, Godwin um, specifically. He's, yeah, speci- yeah, you're right. His it, ADP is out of control and still rising. It is. And, look, Mike Evans is, is an elite receiver. Right. He's yeah. going to be – he's a top five yeah. wide receiver with your, what, Thomas, Jones, Hopkins, A.B., Beckham, he's in that conversation. Beckham, you can make our, Adams, certainly top eight, Evans, top yeah, nine, yeah, exactly. Um, Godwin, I, I'm trying to put my head around his potential, and the reason I'm saying that is because we're talking about already talking about Evans. You're already talking about um, OJ Howard take taking a step up. And now we're talking about Godwin when we are looking at a quarterback that is basically, uh, what, 3,500 to 4,000 yard right. max passer? I think what you're looking at with Godwin, and I bought into this hype obviously more than you, not to the level it's gotten. It's at a fever pitch right now. But Deshaun Jackson – is gone. Humphreys is gone. There's a right. lot of targets, You're right. a lot of catches, and a lot of touchdowns gone. And we saw Godwin in what was a pretty bad offense last year, I'd venture to say. You know, catch, what did he end up with? Was it 50, 60 catches? Did he get to 60? He was pretty close if he didn't get there. Hey, you pad, I'll pull yeah. him up. 800, 850-ish, I think he was somewhere in there. And I know 59 catches, 842, and seven yeah, touchdowns. Seven touch- so he did that, you know, with a Deshaun Jackson still with in Humphreys. town. With Humphreys, you know, kind of taking, with, you know, Cameron Brait still there, with O.J. Howard there. So you've sort of cleared out some weapons there, right, especially in a Deshaun Jackson. You've cleared out some weapons. He's another one of those eye test guys. That's what I always talk about, right, that I hate to get wrapped up in. You just watch him, and he looks like an elite receiver out there. When he gets the ball in the open field, when he goes up for a contested ball, he looks. So I think the hype is justified to a degree. Now, your point, well taken. Jameis Winston is not good enough, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good en- not good enough to host two top 20 fantasy-wide receivers. So knowing what Mike Evans has done in that scenario, that's where Godwin, for me, is still a mid-level, low-level two, which I think is a step up still for him. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, the more you talk, I mean, you're actually convincing me. Well, I mean, because I make a lot of sense. I'm very persuasive. For, for once. 41 receptions over 700, almost 800 yards with Deshaun Jackson last year. And, I mean, that's pretty significant when you're talking about – bad when, when you're talking about Adam Humphreys, who was, what, 70 catches? Was, was, he it, that, was it that much? I don't know. That's, I, I can take a look while you talk. Um, I mean, that is a lot of targets taken away, you know, from, from this guy – and when you look at what you have now, you have Godwin and Evans. 
And, of course, Hooper. With 76 grabs last year. Yeah, Adam I thought Humphrey's. so. You were right. Okay. And what's behind them is Brashard Perryman. <laughs> I can't believe he's still in Justin the Watson, Bobo Wilson, Scott Miller. All indications are, yeah, the hype could be real with Godwin this right. year. Yeah. yeah. Me and you, you and I. Me I like and you. me and you. I like me We're and you. We're dumb. Say me and you. Yeah, me, <laughs> me and you. We're idiots, and I assume most people who listen to this are idiots, so let's speak their language. <laughs> exactly. The mouth breathers we don't, out there. We don't buy into a whole lot of hype, but I'm I'm buying the, the Chris Godwin hype. Buy. I believe that I believe. Evans and Godwin could be, whew, should I say, dynamic duo. Could be, could could very well be. Like I said, you just you do worry about is that offense going to be good enough? Is Jameis Winston good enough to be the quarterback of two elite wide receivers? I think he could be an elite and a pretty darn good wide receiver, which is maybe where Godwin ends up. If any of this hype folds together in the run game with Jones and, and Barber, Jones is the one I'm surprised. Well, especially by. Jones, obviously. I think we know what we're getting with Peyton Barber. Yeah. But with Ronald Jones, if they tick it up a little bit, I mean Evans and Godwin and Howard. I mean this this could be a pretty good offense. Yeah, it could be. And it's going to need to be in this division. I just wish Fitz Magic was still there, then I'd feel more comfortable with all of this. That's a good point. So I agree. Should, so what time to go west, young man? Is it not? Oh, the NFC West. Remember back in the days when we were talking about just not that long ago, the brutal Arizona Cardinal defense, yeah. the Rams defense, which is still pretty darn good, Seattle defense, which is aging but still pretty good, you know. Now we're talking about the Ram basically back to the air shows again right. with Jared yeah. Goff. Um, the Cardinals, all of a sudden, David Johnson's healthy and, you know, everything's going to turn around with the Kylie Murray at quarterback. <laughs> Kylie Murray, I like that. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> or that, Kyler Murray. Oh, I like Kylie. I always say Kylie. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, we got a name for this show. Well, yeah. Don't we? Kylie. Murray. Kylie. Kind of like, you know, Jamie Winston. Everybody should be an E. They do that in Tommy Brady, a lot, don't they? Yeah. Tommy Brady. Benny Roethlisberger. I don't think anybody's ever called him Benny Roethlisberger. Matty Breida. I like that. I like Matty. Yeah, Matty. Matty's Matty good. Ice. Yeah. Matty Breida. Matty's good. I, yeah. I'm down with Matty. I like that. Is the internet down again in this studio? Yes, it is. It's unbelievable. It is. I, I mean, don't understand it. We're going to move to Studio A, I think. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. We always get in trouble there. No, not not in Studio A. It's it's the C's and the D's and everywhere else yeah. we seem to go. Yeah, the landlord always got mad at us in Studio A. Well, that's got you to run my dog headlong into a steel post and everything well, who else. Who brings a dog in the studio? Well, she keeps her eye on the on the riffraff well, coming true. in. That's true. That's true. What are we talking about? Oh, the Cardinals. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals first. Look, who's interesting to 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 you on the Cardinals? David Johnson. Yeah, he uh, is to me. Yeah, um, Christian for, Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Larry gonna get his right. That's all Larry does is get his. He gets drafted right. in the ninth round, produces as a wide receiver too, and everybody says, "Oh, I can't believe I passed on Larry Fitzgerald." He's been doing this for four years yeah. now. It feels like, you know, I th- 
this is a much, 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 much better situation for David Johnson, right? Has anyone that talented ever been more misused than David Johnson was last year? No, I don't think so. I think, I don't know, does he reproduce a couple years ago? I don't know that. They're not going to be a very good football team, but David Johnson's going to be a lockdown, forget about it, mm-hmm. top and running back one. So we don't need to spend much time there. We can sit here and argue if he's six. Let, let's face ten. it, the, the whole thing is, is, you know, getting back to serious, you know, Kyler Murray. It's, right. it's I simple mean, as that. It, it's no doubt. Look, they said they cut ties with Rosen and – you're gone. We're bringing this guy in. Okay, Kyler Murray has all the indications that he he could be great, but let's face it, he's still a rookie on a bad team. Right. And you have Larry Fitzgerald, who's getting pretty long in the tooth. You have Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. Now you don't have a whole lot of experience other no. than Fitzgerald. No, young guys. Exactly. Outside and, of Fitzgerald. Yeah. Right. You do have Charles Clay and Ricky Seals Jones at the tight end situation. But, you know, so what? I mean, it's – um. yeah, I mean m- – They're Mike, maybe decent enough to keep, you know, linebackers off of Murray. <laughs> My concern here with Kyler Murray is if he's going to have any success this year. Now, I am not, not a scout of college talent, but we saw plenty of Kyler Murray. If he's going to have any success this year, it's going to be running the football, right? He'll make a few throws. But if he has any marked success in 2019, it's going to be running the football, which does not bode well for anybody else on that team from a fantasy perspective. Well, and it doesn't bode well for the Arizona Cardinals either. When he's playing the Rams twice, you're playing Seattle twice, and an improved San Francisco twice on top of of the rest of the schedule because – you know, you've invested this much into a rookie quarterback. I don't care what kind of how, how good of an athlete he is, unless you are Cam Newton, right? Basically, you you don't last very long running around. No, and but we see him do it for a year. You see young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, you Deshaun Watson, his rookie. Now, now he flung it pr- pretty well to it. I, I feel like he's a better passer. Than, than a Kyler Murray is. But you see it from these mobile running court. Lamar Jackson's a perfect example. I don't think Lamar he, Jackson has to. He can't throw the football. Well, I'm wondering, is Kyler Murray the same way, especially in his rookie year? He doesn't look like a pro passer to me. He looks like a pro athlete, an NFL player who the passing can be – I could be dead wrong. We, we'll probably have the draftniks beating us up at Asylum Football on Twitter. But he looks like he's athletic enough to come in in and be an NFL starter, he's but he's going to have to learn enough. how to be an NFL passer. But the, the, they're already comparing him to Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know, get out of that's here. That's nonsense. No, no, it is because he can't throw like like Russell Wilson, and, and until he does or he can, I I, I fear for him right. as, as far as yeah. that goes. But so I think the only one this bodes well for are David Johnson and his reception numbers, right? You know, Larry Fitzgerald will be fine. Christian Kirk will catch a couple of deep ones. 
This all comes down to if this goes the way I think it does with Kyler Murray, David Johnson might have 100 grabs this year. He might catch 100 balls. He might have to. Because I'll tell you another thing. A 5'10 quarterback who's not NFL savvy. I mean, is it not Drew Brees standing back there who is six foot tall? When this kid's 5'10 and he's playing fast, six foot five linebackers, not to mention the mountain linemen coming at him. Right. Look, I mean, I can see a lot of batted balls. You're going to have to be dumping a lot to, yeah. in the flats to, to Johnson well, and so forth. And what I'm thinking with a rookie quarterback who, again, this may just be me, I'm suspect his ability to throw the ball downfield, uh, Larry Fitzgerald and pretty much nobody else of note at the wide receiver position. If I'm planning, if I'm coordinating a defense against this team, David Johnson isn't going to run the ball for me. We could very well see a season where David Johnson only averages about three and a half yards per carry because he's going to be facing loaded boxes. But I think he's still going to have value as he's an 85, 90, 100 catch guy because that's going to be the bulk of their offense, and he's the best athlete they have outside of Murray on that offense. I agree. All right, well, let's, that's a lot of talk about a whole lot of nothing out about, there. Yeah, let's move on to your Los Angeles Rams. My Rams, my L.A. I'm an L.A. type of guy, Rick. Don't I look at <laughs> You are about as L.A. type of guy as I am a New York City type of guy. <laughs> I didn't see you in New York. Have you ever been in New York City? I went through it one time. I've never been, and I never I, intend. I Nor L.A. For don't that ever matter. want to see it again either. It, 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 it was... Yeah, I mean, look, I, there, it's no secret. I'm not a city guy. That place scared me to death. It's huge. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, nothing but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I was in Chicago once and was baffled by it and how much bigger is New York than Chicago. A lot. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. L, what is it? New York's first, L.A.'s second. And I think I read somewhere where Houston has passed up Chicago as number three. Wasn't the thing with Houston though? It's not as dense. It's like spread out for eight thousand miles. Could be. I it don't feels know. like it's like no matter where you're at in Houston, uh-huh. you're a half an hour away from wherever you're going in Houston. <laughs> Somebody told me that. It, once. it very well could be, but it, let's face it. You're, you're talking anything like Chicago, Philadelphia. They're big, and yeah. Unless you're a city person, I mean, they're overwhelming. Oh, I, I couldn't handle It's like it. dropping a city city guy off in the, on a mountaintop somewhere and says, have at it. You're like, whoa, what, you know, what's going on? Good luck, yeah. city boy. All right, what do we do? Oh, the rant. How the hell did we get there from the rant? It doesn't what a, matter, what does What a it? stupid show. Why does anybody ever listen? Yeah, Steve. I don't know why anybody listens to this. Stuff. When are the two of you going to grow up? I mean, Never. your stick was cute for a while, but it's gotten stale. That's well, Go away, then. I don't care. Let's talk about the Rams. Let's talk about Jared Goff. Let's talk about Blake Bortles. Jared Goff better be watching his back, pal. That's what it is. Well, this how is many at. more bars are in L.A. Ooh. than there were in Jacksonville? Yeah, Blake huh? might not show up for day one. That's true. Face that's down true. in the gutter. I wonder if he's really a drunk or I'm just propagating some awful lie. Well, that's what we normally <laughs> yeah, do. That's true. That you know, he doesn't seem to mind. I mean, no. he, he's an asylumite. Yeah. He doesn't complain. He's, he's mild man. Jared Goff, forty six hundred eighty eight yards last year, thirty two touchdowns, twelve picks. Is that what you expect from him? You expect a little more? Um, oh, I think sky's the limit for this kid. You know, well, that's what I'm asking. With, I mean, with McVeigh. With with what they're doing, what's up with Gurley? I so, do worry you know, it, if the, the question marks at the running game, how that's going to affect Jared Goff right now. That the it feels like could be dead wrong. Hope I am. God, Todd Gurley is so fun to watch when Todd Gurley's right. My God, he's exciting. Oh to watch. yes, but 
I guess we're going to find out, right? I feel like we're not going to have a steady running game in L.A. How does Jared Goff perform when it is all on his back? You know, it kind of felt like he, I don't know, the numbers would probably belie that, but he kind of limped him through the playoffs, limped him to the Super Bowl as much as you can limp yourself to the Super Bowl through the playoffs. You know, saw he wasn't great in the Super Bowl, wasn't great in, in the playoffs, you know, because of the kind of the upheaval and the uncertainty at the running back position. If they've got that worked out, if Gurley's right, if Henderson is the real deal, if Malcolm Brown's the re- – if one of these guys, if they can get a good steady running game, sky's the limit. Jared Goff's the right guy. McVay's the right coach for that player, I feel like. It, I, I, I don't know. I just – sky's the limit. Yeah, and let's not forget Cooper Cup went out um, in the season last year, ACL. You know, that that hurt Goff's numbers a little bit, right. I'm sure. Hopefully he's healthy. If, if he's healthy with Cooks, Woods, and Cup, man, I, I'm with you. I mean, this this is a juggernaut here. Here's an interesting one. Rank those three. Um, And I don't have stats in front of me, but I will – Truthfully, I think from a dependability standpoint, I think I would go Woods. Really? Cooks, Cup. I go Cooks, Woods, Cup. But I think Cooks and Woods, it's kind of like you see one go off the board, it puts it in everybody's mind, and the other one goes, probably goes, I don't know if ADP would bear that out or if I'm just completely out of whack. But I just feel like from the rum dumb drug addict leagues we play in a lot of times, once one goes, it's going to bring you to mind to the other one. Because you don't think about these guys as good as that offense has been in that elite category, but they put up some pretty darn elite numbers last year. Well, I mean, that's why you don't. I mean, there's Robert Woods, 86 catches, 1,219 yards, and six touchdowns. His name never comes up when we mention the elite wide right. receivers. Never. Brandon Cooks, 1,204 yards, five touchdowns. But in – and he had 80 catches. That's 166 catches between those two alone. But you don't have the 110 catch guy. Right. You know, that's the reason you don't talk to them because if you're talking to elite receivers, yes, you want the Adam Thielens, the Devontae Adams, the, you know, whoever, Hopkins and so forth. But these guys are – Those are pretty elite numbers. Maybe not be elite tier one, catch man. numbers, but I mean, if you're elite going with yardage. The, yeah, if you're going with that model of elite, tier one, tier two, blah, blah, they're tier one guys. Right. No and, doubt and about that. I feel that. like they don't get mentioned there. So, you know, a couple of, you wonder, was that lightning in a bottle? I don't, for, I don't know why, and it probably sounds dumb. I never sort of bought the cup thing. You know what I mean? It kind of it was like a, you know, we just finished the 4th of July. It was like a sparkler. It burned hot and fast. And then I know it was injury, and it was, it, but it was gone as quick as it came. I don't know where I am. I'd be, I'd be happy to roster him, but that's not a guy I'm targeting. But, but Woods and Cooks, I feel like, especially when you play with, you know, the felons that we play with, these are guys you can steal. Oh, they have, they have history. They've got longevity. Look, Cup – Cup emerged in 2017. I mean, he had, uh, what, 62 catches, 869 yards, and five touchdowns. Going into 18, before he went out, and I'm not sure what week he did go out, but it was later in the year, I think. it felt like it. He had 40 catches, 566 yards, six touchdowns. He catches touchdowns, which makes him attractive. Oh, absolutely. But – that's why he's third on my list. I mean, look, you yeah, can, I have you can jumble your Cooks and, yeah. and Woods, but we just looked at the numbers. I mean, you're looking 
A yeah. and B. It yeah, doesn't really we, much matter. I think we agree there. So it's really, what are you doing with Todd Gurley, Rick? Hey, how far has he dropped? <sighs> I'll tell you what, I might be flat avoiding him. I just, boy, he could make you look foolish. How many seasons, how many championships did okay, he win for people two years ago? Okay, here's an example. We're in a network league. Um, I made the pick because you were off gallivanting around drunk somewhere. I do gallivant. And it came up. We were were the sixth pick. Okay. Um, I I don't know the exact order, but it was like Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Elliott. Um, And then it was, I think, Hopkins was fifth. And so that came up to us. I kind of rolled the bones and took Le'Veon Bell over Todd Gurley. Right. Call me stupid. I don't know. But Le'Veon Bell right now is healthy and apparently is working pretty hard. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Jets. Right. When it comes to that. So, I mean, yeah, you could talk me into taking Gurley. But I'm thinking I'm taking Bell over him. I'm taking Gordon over him. Right. And maybe Gurley's my – Seventh or eighth back? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking at the turn, maybe you could talk yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, that's just the. Th- I mean, look, if he ends up being healthy, he's probably the best back in the league again. He probably surpasses Barkley, makes everybody look the fool. But nobody's saying anything. I don't know any more now than I knew during the Super Bowl, right? And I don't know that I'm going to know any more before. And that's it, the thing about the he Super Bowl. It was nine three. They couldn't get the passing game going, so why isn't Gurley in there? Yeah, and see, that's I, I don't know anymore now. It's <sighs> and I see a lot of no. As a matter of fact, David Johnson went, not Hopkins went. Okay, that's what. Remember, I tweeted. I said maybe I should have taken Hopkins. Okay, you know, that's what it was. David Johnson actually went fifth overall as a running back, and then I took Bell over Gurley. So. I mean, the consensus is right now, in my mind, yeah, I mean, he's probably eight to nine. You know, Connor's in the conversation. Like I just said, Melvin Gordon. Um, And and I've seen a lot of these experts and ADPs. Joe Mixon's rocketing up ADP boards. A lot of of hype for him. Probably probably well-deserved. So, yeah, I mean – you're going to get good value, I think, with Todd Gurley, but I don't think you're going to get – you need to get him, like, at the fifth overall pick. You can probably pick him up in the 10th or 11th, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, if I was down around the turn and all those guys we mentioned right. were gone, I think I would take the risk. Sure. There. I'm not taking the risk in the top five, in the top six. No, I mean, I agree. Th- I mean, let's look at – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rick. I'm going to guess his ADP is probably around. You know, I don't want everybody to have to listen to to me pull it up. Probably RB seven or eight. Is that about where his ADP? Does that sound fair? Girling? Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. that's fair. So you're looking at him. That puts him, you know, behind Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Johnson, Gordon, Bell, Mixon, Connor. So, you know, so that, that I guess that becomes a game. So, right now, you know, assuming up and through Joe Mixon are gone, let's play it. Todd Gurley or James Conner? <sighs> Boy, I mean to tell you what. I'm Gurley. I think I'm taking Conner there. The reason I won't take Conner is because I'm really liking 
that depth at, at the running yeah, back you, you, with Snell and, and Samuel. So you're down uh, on my guy, Gurley not, Dalvin Cook. Gurley, I think that's where I take the risk. We talked about it last episode, kind of, or was it this one? I can't remember. They're all running together. We talk about Cook, and then we get into you know Gurley Nick Chubb. Now I think it's Gurley, right? You're taking the risk on a Gurley. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like Chubb. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we'll have to revisit that as we get closer oh, to training yeah. camp or anything. Because I tell you what, Chubb, I see a lot of potential there with Chubb. I he mean, that, that's no secret. That offense, I mean, right? that's no secret. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I think this is this is where you see Duke Johnson really fading away oh yeah he's out of favor he's unhappy i agree kareem hunt can't seem to stay out of trouble so i I think it's chubb's job the whole way we we talked about that a few episodes back all right rick let's head a little bit north and head up to uh san francisco talk about your 49ers and your boy jimmy g back and presumably healthy yeah and that's where's he slide in well, I don't know. I mean, he's a QB two for me, right? You oh, don't yeah. draft him as your oh, one. Oh no, not not even close to me. I mean, that's uh, San Francisco doesn't blow my skirt up. I mean, they, it's got a crowded backfield, fantasy wise. Um, Tevin Coleman, McKinnon, Breida. I mean, I think Breida's still the best out of the three. Does to be honest emerge? with you. Pardon me. Does anybody emerge, or is it a full-time so. committee? I don't think so. We never saw Jarek McKinnon emerge ever. No. In in a backfield that well, was last with year was going to be the year, and unfortunately he went down. And now he, you bring in Coleman. He couldn't beat out Latavius Murray. He couldn't beat out Matt Osiata. I mean, it was uh, Matt Osiata. Yeah, I had a touchdown machine oh, those absolutely. couple of years that McKinnon was supposed to break out. Tevin Coleman's never lived up to the height. I, uh, nothing really stands out there. It's all Garoppolo, Pettis, and Goodwin to me. Of course, Kittle. I mean, right. I mean let's just yeah, – Kittle just, we don't have to talk about. Right. I agree with that. I mean, Dante Pettis, I'm high on. Garoppolo, even if he's 70%, he's better than anything that they had. Oh, absolutely. You know, so – You mean you trust him over Nick Mullins well, and C.J. Beathard? okay, no, I really like Nick. <laughs> Nicky. We'll go, we'll go the E's on him. Now, what Nicky. do you do with a guy named C.J.? Is C.J.E.? Um, Yeah. You know, in the most the most famous one, Ajayi. <laughs> There's our boy. I, I tell you what, I, they're going to have to throw the football in San Francisco. I really believe it, and Garoppolo is no stranger to it. Dante Pettis. But people are losing their s over Pettis. Are you in? You in on that? Maybe not as high as a lot of people, people but, I, but I'm in on him. He's one of them dudes. We've talked about a few of them here. He's in the Godwin stratosphere of people just losing right. their minds. Yeah, and I mean, our, the thing is, it, it's all back to to Garoppolo. How's that knee? Right. And um, Again, he's young. He's been in the league for a while, but he's got about nine games <laughs> under his belt. He's young. I I just I don't fear that injury, you know. Obviously, like like we used to. So. No, it, it's not. The, I mean, the technology is so much better. I I agree. Um, look, don't be afraid of these guys. And I'm talking about um, Pettis, obviously a good one. Goodwin's a guy I, I love having around. Nice flex guy. I think he's going to be games, a good value. Big games, then down games. Big games, down games. He kind of plays that yo-yo. But in a best ball, Goodwin's a guy I really target. 
Yeah, Jordan Matthews. I think we're getting about to the end with him. That doesn't move the needle. So it almost Pettis <laughs> almost just, has to be the guy. That right? used to be your guy, oh, Jordan man. Matthews. Well, remember, I caught him his rookie year and he busted out. I think it was the first year I won the Addicts and Convicts League that that we're in. Wonder if I, those guys listen and they know how awfully I speak of them. Why well, you, you do it to their face? Well, that's so why true. Yeah, they I do know. it behind well, their back. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, they know. should be listening. That should be required. You're the commission. Required proof of listening if they want to get stay in the league. Well, that's a good point. Or we can charge more money. Ooh, a fine for not listening to the that show. That would be great. Can we do that to other people, other groups. Yeah, let's just do that. Just we'll just charge people them. we work with, you know, whoever. Exactly. Let's work on that. Is there anything else to talk about in San Francisco? No, we're moving on to Seattle. Seattle. Talk about a sinking ship there, pal. Jeez. Big questions to me in Seattle, and it doesn't have to do with Russell Wilson, and it doesn't have to do with uh, Will Disley because I could care less about Will Disley. <laughs> yeah, there, there was some Will Disley hype for a little bit last year. He was a way of right. wire. People were pulling it over their heads, excited for Will Disley. This is another team that is really a lot like Carolina. Now you got D, DK Metcalf and David Moore as your wide receivers. Lockett's still around. Yeah, Lockett's still there. But, Lockett's a guy I'm targeting. Oh, trust me, I like it. I, I'm I'm talking about the hype. Oh, I mean, right. everything is Metcalf. It more. I mean, Lockett. Look, I, I I like Lockett and Russell because they're going to get theirs. And then a lot of it depends. I, and here we go again, because I, I say this like a thousand times every year. Depends on that run game. It's Chris Ugh. Carson and Rashad Penny. Yet again, who is it going to be? Is Carson going to – And don't forget, C.J. Proceis is still there. Remember when all the draft Knicks were yeah. beating me in the face with C.J. Proceis? <laughs> Terrible. I, I remember that. And you were quite angry well, about it. I didn't it. care for it whatsoever. I didn't either. I Look, Chris Carson, 1,151 yards last year. He was year. good last year. It was quiet, but he yeah, was good. nine rushing touchdowns. Are you buying him to stay healthy? How much stock do you have in Rashad Penny? Is he going to get his? These are questions Here's what fantasy-wise. I, look, I, I, I'd love to have Chris Carson on my team as long as I didn't have to make sure I had to start him every week. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I I think I had him in that sort of position last year. So here's what I want to know, Rick. Can, can you explain this to me? Or can, you know, if you're listening and you're one of those folks, somebody come in and tell me, Chris Carson had a great year last year, put up really good, very serviceable numbers. Why is it now that as I sit here in July – you're telling me Rashad Penny's going to be the guy, and it's the royal you, not you, Rick right. Briggs, because you're not telling me that. We don't talk other than this hour a week on the right. show, and for good reason. But Rashad Penny's all the hype, right? Look, I know he's the high draft pick. I know he's nicked up last year, everything. Why would he come in and supplant Chris Carson? I think at best we're looking at a split here, and now we're back to no serviceable whack in Seattle once again. I think Rashad Penny is – should be your handcuff if you drafted Chris Carson. You're going to have to draft both if you draft one, aren't you? But I still think it's Carson's show. I mean, this guy had a good year last year. 1,151 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. And Rashad Penny, I mean, to his credit, he put up 419 yards. And, of course, he's coming in. He's yet another guy coming into training camp looking slimmer. 
And but you look at his numbers last year, he played virtually the whole year and you know, his fantasy output was basically nil. He hit double digit scoring twice all last year. He had a 108 yard game against uh Los Angeles in week 10. And he had a double-digit score, 65 yards and a touchdown against San Francisco in Week 13. Other than that, I mean, you're talking single-digit fantasy scoring with this guy constantly. You know what's I mean, funny with Rashad Penny? Remember when Seattle drafted him in 18 and got roundly mocked? Oh, they reached for this guy. He sucks. He's terrible. And then as the fantasy season came along, all these same people, because they tend to be the same people then, because it looked like Penny was going to be the guy going into the season, right? Because everybody was beat up and sucked and was no good and everything. And then it was, oh, my God, Rashad Penny makes Jim Brown look like a ballerina. He's going to be the best fantasy running back ever. And then a whole season goes by. He does squat. Chris Carson puts up a decent (laughs) year. And these same jokers who called him a loser have now decided that he is the greatest fantasy running back back ever and won't get off that train i i think it might be a bunch of hype for nothing i think as long as chris carson's healthy this is his gig i really do i'm, I'm gonna stand up and just say it i was being wishy-washy before i'm done chris carson in seattle that's the one you want that's your guy that's your dude. i agree i mean fr- from week eight on now he missed a week 10 game which you know rashad penny did acquit himself with a hundred yard game in week 10 but chris carson had Double-digit fantasy scoring in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight games that he played. And rushing yards, 83, 55, 90, 119, 116, 105. Scoring touchdowns. I mean, this is... And everybody just can't wait to tell me how Rashad Penny, of course, he's taken over this year. I agree. And look, in Seattle, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. That situation's been a mess ever since Marshawn Lynch left low those many years ago. But, yeah, come on. I agree. I mean, I think Chris Carson, as long as he's healthy, this is his gig, man. All right. Seattle defense, go ahead and draft him fantasy-wise, not a problem. Russell Wilson, draft him, not a problem. Tyler Lockett, draft him. You know, it's it's the receivers that you have to um, think about. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's anyone beyond Lockett from a fantasy standpoint. I'm even, I'm even thinking about. Are you? I'm not. Not really. They're not that potent of an offense, quite frankly. And um, you know, when it gets right down to it, they're they're just not. They're a defensive team. They beat you to death. They tend to explode now and again. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going after any of these guys other than Lockett. No. All right, can we go home? Yep. I'm tired. All right, I'm gonna hit the button. Ooh, there it is. That means we're going home. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. We are done. I don't even know what we're going to talk about next week, Rick. We've used this to drag out four episodes. We're going to have to get creative now. So we'll be back with some type of fun. Well, I'll come up with some, you know, some other facts about vegetables oh, or certainly. fruits or yeah, animals or the something. The asylum is your home for vegetable <laughs> facts right here on the interweb. So. Maybe something on your favorite vegetable, the squash. Squash. Ugh, I don't even know what that is. But thanks so much for joining us. Check it out, fulltimefantasy.com, at fulltimefantasy, asylumfootball.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter, asylumfootball at Gmail next time. Until then, thank God it's over. We'll see you. Take care.